Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Ambody. Thank you for listening. It's been a minute since we talked. I'm back from my honeymoon, I can tell you. Going to Barcelona, Ibiza, Mallorca in Spain, and Bordeaux in France was unbelievable. Highly recommended. If you need any recs, feel free to hit me up on the site or wherever uh, you follow. But I am back, and it has been a newsy time for LSU. So we are going to jump right in with an extended pod looking at all of the commitments that happened while we were away and tons of fireworks, including some on the 4th of July. LSU catapults itself up into the top 10 of the on three consensus team recruiting rankings. Now has 15 commits as we're recording this podcast. And I tell you what, LSU sits in a prime position to at least have a top 10, top five class if some of these top targets go LSU's way. We'll talk about those remaining targets and what's next later in the week. But I do want to dive in from newest commitment to oldest commitment as far as the ones that have committed in July. Uh, I believe the count is nine new commitments for LSU. And we lead off with the one that happened earlier today, Tuesday, as I'm recording this podcast. Four-star running back Caleb Jackson out of Baton Rouge commits to LSU and stays home to play for the Tigers. Frank Wilson, Joe Sloan, a lot of guys on the staff, including support staff, were key in this one. Um, And this is one that had a little bit of drama to it. You know, Alabama and LSU, um, as well as programs like Texas A&M, Oregon, and others, had taken their swings at Caleb Jackson throughout the summer uh, and spring. You know, Alabama hosted him uh, for an official visit. Texas A&M hosted him for an official visit. LSU had him on campus multiple times. And this is one that could have very, very easily gone Alabama's way. Um, you know, some, some people were out there saying, you know, LSU lock, LSU lock. That wasn't necessarily the case. This one really got finalized in the wee hours kind of before his commitment. Um, really, Monday, it was even still a battle as, as I got back from uh, our, our trip. Uh, and that was the first thing I was re- indoctrined right back into recruiting was kind of navigating that one. And by today and, and by last night, it was all settled. But, you know, that was a big win for LSU. This is a guy who has uh, really been productive in a big, big way over the course of his high school career. Uh, he had a huge 2021 campaign, averaged 14 yards per carry. Uh, which is outstanding, has a 100-meter time that you love to see. Uh, And I actually just got off the phone with him before recording this podcast. He told me he's up to 215 pounds now, uh, and he doesn't want to get any heavier. That's what he wants to play at. Um, He placed fourth in the Louisiana uh, 4A state meet uh, this past May with a 10.89. So even at that weight, continues to have uh, that that quality speed, 10.89, 100 meter this spring he's been clocked lower earlier in his career maybe when he was a little bit lighter um, but still very very you know high quality speed uh, to bring to the table um, and this is one that LSU wanted in a big way um, this this is a, a Baton Rouge kid who grew up wanting to play for LSU you know certainly ended up having his choice of where he could go and stays home so big recruiting land for LSU had a, a almost 2,500 total yards as a sophomore, or excuse me, as a junior, um, and and 14 yards per carry. So really impressive stuff there. That's a good indicator of of what uh, he brings to the table, um, you know, in terms of projecting these type of prospects. 
Um, and so he's been a big standout for Liberty, Liberty Magnet, who got back to playing varsity football uh, this past year uh, as, as Caleb Jackson was really able to emerge into a true national prospect. So excited that uh, we can just cover, keep covering him right there in Baton Rouge, get out to see uh, Liberty play this fall, um, see him in action. You know, he is a big uh, local land for LSU to keep him in state. So uh, that's Caleb Jackson jumping on board uh, with the Tigers. And now we move into uh, another prospect who has uh, deep ties to LSU now, I would say, and that is Whit Weeks, the linebacker out of Georgia who committed to the Tigers on Sunday, I believe, if I have my dates right. Um, in my head, I'm still recovering from a little, it was uh, actually Saturday. So Whit Weeks committed on Saturday, uh, the 9th to LSU. And this is one that, again, we we kind of felt like LSU was, was definitely the lean. And actually even kind of going into my trip, I had heard that LSU was certainly the favorite. And it was kind of a matter of well, could he commit before I leave? <laughs> Quite honestly, but in all in all honestly, honestly, he had to you know follow his process, figure out how he wanted to do it, and so he ended up uh, you know just committing in uh, early July, July 9th. I think this is an underrated land. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's somebody that walks in as a day one starter, um, but when you have Georgia, when you have Oklahoma, those two coaching staffs pushing as hard as they did for Whit Weeks. That's a good sign for me, um, just right off the bat. So uh, would I love to see some verified times on him? Yes. Would I love to see just a little bit more flashing as far as you know being maybe the, the, the dominant prospect that maybe LSU got in, in a Harold Perkins? Sure. But Harold Perkins is a five-star for a reason. Whit Weeks was recruited by the best of the best for a reason, and I think that stands out to me about his recruitment. I think you've got to credit Matt, Matt House. I mean, there's no way in hell he commits to LSU if his brother West isn't saying, wow, Matt House is really impressive. And I know Whit Weeks took his brother out of his commitment. You know, Georgia really wanted him, and he's a Georgia legacy. So he could have ended up going to LSU or to going to Georgia, and he probably would have had no qualms with it. Uh, but he ended up deciding that LSU was the best place for him. And I've got to give Madhouse a lot of credit on landing Whit Weeks because it was not an easy battle. And they got one of their top linebackers on their board committed uh, and were able to uh, to get him on board. Now, Whit Weeks' recruitment, unfortunately for him, kind of was overshadowed by the big, the big day that LSU had on Friday when Jalen Brown jumped in the boat. Five-star wide receiver, the number 18 overall prospect in the country on the on-three consensus, out of Miami Gulliver Prep, spurns the Canes, spurns Michigan, other programs that were after him, and commits to LSU. Um, this is a big-time land. He's somebody that if the rankings ended today, we would have as a five-star prospect for on-three. So um, this is a big, big commitment for Cortez Hankton. And on-three is actually the highest on Jalen Brown out of anyone in the country. So uh, another prospect that this will kind of become a theme with, with that for the most part, we're higher uh, than the than the industry on. And LSU was able to beat out Miami in a in a way that I think really stands out about maybe what Cortez Hankton's going to bring to the table as a recruiter. You know, once Jaden Rashada, the four-star quarterback, committed to Miami, there was a lot of buzz that, oh, the Hurricanes were going to get Jalen Brown. It was done. Uh, this is somebody that 
uh, you know, wants to play with an elite quarterback and all those things. Well, LSU, first of all, has a really good quarterback room at the present time. And Cortez Hankton did a really good job recruiting him. I, I think you've got to give some credit to Cortez Hankton here because, uh, you know, there was certainly some buzz around Miami. But I checked around before I left. We did our prediction piece. Um, and by the way, out of the nine commitments, eight were on there. The only one that wasn't was Joshua Mickens, who kind of moved up his timeline in a big way uh, right before I left. But Jalen Brown was somebody, when I checked around, a lot of people said, we're just, we're just not buying this buzz that Miami is going to swoop in, pay, and, and get him. And I mean, that's just a reality of kind of what a lot of people were hearing on the ground that, that could happen. And I don't necessarily think this is a situation where, you know, his recruitment is dead. I don't think Miami will give up. But from what his mother and his family kind of all decided on was we're going to we're going to branch out. We're going to go see other places. And so that was a big, big deal to him uh, to as a part of his decision and why it worked out. And I think this goes back to when I was um you know, when we did our last podcast, I think it was our last podcast, or maybe it was just after Kyle Parker committed, but one of the staffers over at, at Lucas Lovejoy told me that Cortez Hankton, out of all the wide receivers that came through Lovejoy to see Kyle Parker, to see um, Jackson Lavender and some of the other prospects there, Cortez Hankton was the one that stood out the most. So maybe it was a situation where the family sat down and all said, look, this is probably the right move for for Jalen to to end up at LSU, be coached by Cortez Hankton again, see different things, um, and I believe his mother uh, lives in Mississippi as well, so maybe a little bit closer to her as far as her living situation and and you know uh, allowing her to see him play. So that was a huge commitment. That was one that you know now if you look at things, and again we'll touch on re- remaining targets and kind of what's next uh, later this week. But Shelton Sampson still on the board, still out there that could give kind of a Jamar Terrace type situation in terms of the classes um, to get those guys you know, together and, and maybe pair them like that um, would be a huge, huge uh, deal for LSU in the future of this passing game. So Jalen Brown is one that I didn't have um, moving up his commitment like that. I thought it was going to play out a little bit longer, um, but he ended up moving it up. Uh, we had him in our prediction piece, and that was because you know, a lot of people were saying, look, we're in a better spot than you know a lot of people give us credit for and and we think we can land them and lo and behold they have they've got to hold on to him but a terrific job by the staff to keep recruiting him hard um, Jalen Brown uh, a major addition and currently the top ranked prospect in this class uh, for the on three consensus and then you go back another day uh, and you and you have LSU landing Jeremiah Hughes probably the sleeper of the class right now, I would say he's not the lowest ranked recruit uh, in the class, but I think with his uh, recovery from his injury um, and also the length that he brings, he could be something somebody that maybe nudges up in the rankings just off of his measurables alone um, because they have a, a high upside. Uh, credit to LSU for a thorough evaluation here. Uh, they went out and, and you know have continued to recruit him really hard. Uh, throughout the the entire spring and leading into the summer when he took visits. And uh, Jeremiah actually uh, ended up telling me about his commitment when he was at the airport uh, flying back from his official visit. So if you saw the quotes on our site uh, from Jeremiah, uh, that was uh, because he actually just kind of told us ahead of time that he was going to announce on July uh, the 7th, his parents' anniversary, make it a special little thing to them. 
And I'm excited to get out and see him. I'm going to see him the first weekend in October uh, out there at Gorman uh, in Las Vegas. So I want to see what he is as far as, you know, how he's bounced back from his injury. Um, that's a big part of it. Uh, but he has the upside, I think, to maybe rise up as a senior. We'll just kind of have to watch him. But that's kind of where his ranking stands um, is based off of a little bit that injury uh, and just you know wanting to see how he bounced back from that. So a big senior year as far as rankings ahead for Jeremiah Hughes and what will happen. Now, I'm going to jump around a little bit on the 4th of July, but I want to keep with defensive backs. Ashton Stamps jumped on board on the 4th of July uh, a few days before Jeremiah Hughes did. This is one that, you know, kind of the classic way some of these guys have have landed their LSU offers and, and in the past and landed as commits and eventually Tigers. Ashton Stamps camped three times at LSU. He was awesome. He was one of the best players out there in, in the final elite camp where he camped uh, both days and earned the offer. He was good early in July. Uh, certainly kept himself on the radar with his performance, but it was those final two days of elite camp and LSU really diving in and saying, you know what, we like the track record with Rummel players. We like Ashton Stamps a lot after seeing him and working him out three times in person. Um, brings a, a quality as far as character, hard work, all those things. Um, and they offered him and he committed. And it was just a matter of when. And he told Sam Spiegelman that he said, I'm going to do it on the 4th. And there it was. Another round of fireworks for LSU on the 4th of July in Ashton Stamps. I think he's somebody that could continue to pick up offers as the senior year goes along, but I think he's pretty locked into being a Tiger um, just with the way his recruitment all went down. Moving on, and we're going to do the 4th as far as highest rated guys first, um, now that I made that smooth transition from defensive back to defensive back. Flip the hips a little bit, if you will. Deshaun Womack. They go out to Baltimore to pick up the St. Francis edge prospect, who I think could end up with his hand in the dirt. You know, maybe a little bit like an Ollie Gay, um, but could even get bigger and, and blow up and kind of be slid inside. Certainly be slid inside on, uh, you know, passing downs and maybe rush from the interior a little bit if they wanted to throw some packages out there that would, you know, allow them to do that. I mean, when you talk about freaky. Uh, that's Deshaun Womack. Uh, he really has that to his game. Uh, he's somebody that we were already high on at on three. We got his verified measurements. I mean, he is a stud. Another prospect that we're the highest on uh, in the recruiting class. Uh, this whole run of recent commitments uh, on three, I got to give us a little bit of credit. We are very, very high on pretty much all of them. Um, we you know, really feel good about a lot of the defensive linemen, especially um, that, that LSU is after. So um, anyway, Deshaun Womack, really, really good tester, 250 pounds, uh, has the length, has the size, uh, has the athleticism. Uh, we think he's going to be one of the best players in college football at some point down the line. He's a top 60 prospect on on three. We're the only ranking service uh, outside of ESPN that has him just inside the top 100. Um, but uh, we're the only ones outside of ESPN that have him in the top 100, and we have him squarely in the top 100. Um, Deshaun Womack is one that, again, uh, we felt good about as far as predicting him in the class. Uh, somebody that you know, Jamar Kane has prioritized from the get-go. Really, really good player. I think he's going to be somebody that LSU fans are going to love um, You know, as he gets into the, the weight room and, and develops into one hell of a football player. Keeping with the defensive line, Darren Reed 
jumped on board on the 4th of July as well. Uh, somebody that uh, on three has right in striking range of a five-star rating. We have him as the number 29 overall prospect in the country. Everyone else except ESPN and 24-7 have him as a four-star. Um, we have him as the number 29th overall player in the country. No one has them in their top 300 or however many players they do. Um, so one that on three is very high on. Again, we got his uh, measurements, 6'4", almost 6'4", 282 pounds, um, elite length, size, athleticism. Uh, we think he's going to be a terrific prospect, uh, and he's probably going to play, end up playing at the 300-pound range. A uh, little shorter than Mason Smith, of course, but I think that's kind of my comp for him a little bit. Um, but uh, on three, director of scouting compares him to uh, Rashim Green, uh, who played his high, uh, college ball at USC, a, a former uh, four-star prospect uh, who or actually finished on the consensus as a five-star prospect uh, out of California uh, back in the 2015 class. Um, so Darren, Green, Darren Reed is someone that LSU had to beat out Ohio State for, which is very difficult to do. Larry Johnson is one of the best recruiters in the country, a really, really tough battle for Darren Reed. And LSU won out. And the backstory on this one is uh, Darren Reed actually committed to LSU while he was wrapping up his Ohio State visit. And so we saw some predictions fly in for the Buckeyes. And I think from some of those predictions, it was just kind of a, well, we we expect Larry Johnson to land Darren Reed. They got the last visit. You know, he's been somebody the Buckeyes have certainly felt good about. But we think Buckeyes are going to win out. On our side of things, we had already heard from Darren Reed that he was committing to LSU. He gave us quotes. He gave us everything we needed for when on the 4th of July he committed and it was LSU. So that's a little bit of the backstory there. That's why we felt really confident going into uh, his decision after his Ohio State visit. Uh, he had told us already um, coming off the visit and giving us the quotes that it was LSU. So um, Darren Reed is a really, really talented prospect. Uh, I think he's the second highest rated prospect in the class, according to on three, uh, with his ranking, he would be a five-star if the rankings ended today and, uh, is a centerpiece, a cornerstone for the class. I think he's going to rise up the rest of the recruiting rankings and end up as one of the top handful of commits in the class when it's all said and done. Now it wasn't the 4th of July, but LSU did land another defensive lineman, a day prior to the 4th in Joshua Mickens uh, out of Indianapolis, Lawrence Central. This is somebody that kind of came out of nowhere. One of the last things I did before I went on went on our trip was uh, post uh, an RPM prediction for LSU to land uh, Joshua Mickens. And uh, the Tigers, the Tigers won out here, and this is a big land for them. Uh, you've got to credit Brian Polian here, um, Jamar Kane. You know, Brian Polian had recruited him when he was at Notre Dame, had a really good relationship with the family. Um, another one that on three is very high on. Uh, we have him as the number 34 overall prospect in the country, a top 10 edge defender. Uh, a, I believe he's a three-sport athlete. He also has uh, a really, really big talent for, for basketball as well. Um, but we're extremely high on Joshua Mickens. He took an official visit in June. North Carolina hosted him in May. Some people thought, you know, he could end up in in uh, Tar Heel Blue, but um, you know, he just kind of is a quiet guy. And he ended up moving up his commitment. We had kind of heard there was some buzz, and 
you know, sure enough, LSU got him on board. And uh, this is uh, a really, really explosive player. Uh, fluid, comes off the ball hard. Uh, I think he's going to end up in the 6'5", 230-pound range. He's about 210 right now um, at 6'5". I mean, he is really, really talented. 23 tackles for loss, 12 sacks as a junior. Um, it, he's got the measurables. When you, when you kind of line them up and, and, and you know, put them together, uh, that's what you want them to look like as far as a pass rusher goes, and that's Joshua Mickens. He's also got an elite wingspan, too, so he'll be able to keep offensive tackles off of him a good bit. Uh, really impressive prospect. Credit to the staff for making him feel comfortable on his visit. He's had a tough year. Uh, he lost his father uh, earlier this year, and, you know, that's – I can't even imagine uh, going through that. And, and so for him to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to move up my timeline. I'm going to make a decision and commit um, – that's huge for LSU. They've got to hold on to him, as they do with pretty much all these guys. But Joshua Mickens, a big-time prospect uh, for LSU to kind of, um, you know, continue that momentum in July. And he's also been one of the active recruiters. I see him on Twitter uh, retweeting a lot of stuff. So um, Joshua Mickens was on July 3rd. And then we wrap it up with a longtime uh, prediction uh, in a way for us. He was in the first prediction piece I did. Uh, I actually wrote a story on him when we started the Bengal Tiger that said, who could be the first commit in 2023? Jackson Howard. And that's what he ended up doing is committing to LSU. He wasn't the first commit in 2023, but uh, uh, barely, barely just missing the top 100 overall prospects in the on three consensus. Uh, he's the number 101 overall prospect, 6'4", 245 pounder. Jamar Kane had a ton of ties to the family here. Brian Polian had recruited him for a long time since his Notre Dame days. And despite a late push from Miami and the last visit, LSU landed him. So Darren Reed, Jackson Howard, Deshaun Womack were among the prospects that committed to LSU and Jalen Brown uh, that committed to LSU without them getting the last visit, at least in the month of June. I think all of them have uh, an official visit or two left. But anyway, they committed to LSU too. So Jackson Howard, this is a longstanding, I think, lean. I think he always wanted to end up at LSU, but he took his time, went through the process, um, and committed to the Tigers. So this is a massive land for Jamar Kane, a top target for him. You know, I think I think upside-wise, the, the guys like Mickens and Reed and Womack probably have a little bit more. Um, but Jackson Howard probably has the one of the higher floors of these prospects that committed uh, his father, Willie Howard, who's his coach at Robbinsdale Cooper in Minneapolis, uh, starred at Sanford, second round pick by the Vikings. Um, you know, he's he's just got football in his blood. He's got a family of athletes. Um, and and uh, that's kind of how this whole thing started with Jamar Kane. His brother, Phoenix Sproles, uh, played his college ball at North Dakota State. He's got a relationship with Kane. It just all worked out and fell in place. So that was the commit that kicked off July. Um, it's been a huge run for LSU. They also landed 2024 four-star uh, wideout JoJo Stone out of Grayson. Um, so they've been on just a complete run uh, to start July. And, uh, you know, they they do have some other holes to fill. We'll touch on that later this week on another edition of the podcast. Um, but, you know, LSU has been, been on a run as of late. And um, I, I think it, it's kind of wrapped up in the 2023 class, at least as of now. We'll, we'll kind of poke around and see if any anybody else is closing in on decisions. but um, And we'll touch on that 
later in the week on the next podcast. But uh, it's been a huge run for LSU. They sit as I stand. Um, uh, sit as I stand. Uh, recording this is the number eight class in the country with 15 commitments. Uh, I, I said for a while, you've got to watch and see what happens with these guys who visited in July to really assess how recruiting is going. Um, or, excuse me, assess how these guys that visited in June and made decision, decisions in July, it, how recruiting is going. And recruiting is going well for LSU. Um, they've got, again, some positions in need, offensive line, um, tight end, they still need to address uh, and close out on some wideouts too. But, you know, we'll touch on that later. It's been a big run. You got to give the staff a lot of credit. Uh, they made a really good run of these guys that uh, made decisions after June visits. So, with that in mind, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it gets you through your work week. We'll be back with another edition as we dive into some uncommitted prospects uh, and, and share the latest on that. We'll do that later this week. So we appreciate you listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. Thank you guys for sticking with Peter Rauterkus, uh and Chad Simmons and Sam Spiegelman and uh, Jeremy Johnson, all the guys that helped run the site uh, while I was away. They did an unreal job can't thank them enough. Uh, they absolutely crushed it. Um, and thank you guys who all jumped on board during that time and supported and read and did all those things. So it's just the beginning, you know, July, we're on the verge of football season getting going and, um, I'll be at future 50 this weekend, the big Under Armour camp at IMG Academy in Florida. So look for our coverage on that. Deshaun Womack and Ryan Yates will be there as well as some top targets for LSU. So we'll have all your coverage there on thebengaltiger.com. So thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week.